Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Donald Byron from Player Productions. It was a an awesome talk. A lot of people listened to it. Good throwback conversation. A lot of fun having them in here. You know, if you're one of the people that checked out that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and Thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, before we get started talking about everything today, just want to touch up on some things. The first being the Sykes album. It's like really close to being done now. Like You wouldn't even believe it. But that's all I'm going to say. It's just, it's super close, sounds awesome, I'm really happy about it, and if you're interested in staying up to date with the Sykes album, you can uh, actually join an email list that I have started, it's uh, sykes.fanbridge.com, Sykes with an I people, alright, sykes.fanbridge.com, you can join the email list. And yeah, you'll be able to stay up to date with the album and shows and things that I'm doing that way. I might even start throwing in some things about the podcast too in with those emails. So if you care, sign up. It'll take you like one second. And also, there is a show this Friday that we're playing. And it's going to be at the Brillo Box over in the Garfield, Bloomfield area. If you're in Pittsburgh, you should know where it's at. We're playing with Divorce, Kid Durango, and the River Daughters. It's a benefit for the Animal Rescue League. Really good cause. Really cool, diverse lineup. And really stoked about it. So yeah, come out to that Friday. I think 9pm, 5 bucks I believe. Might be 7. Uh, I think it's 7 bucks, yeah. And it's 21 over. So if you're a kid, can't come. Sorry. But if you're an adult, Come, Brillo Box is great. It's going to be a good time. Now on to the show. My friend Bars Blackman is on the show today. And for those of you who don't know Bars Blackman, he's an MC in Pittsburgh doing the rap thing. You know, I talk to a lot of these rapper guys. I know a lot of them because I'm one of them. But, you know, we sat down for a really good talk and we talked about how he discovered hip-hop and his early days finding himself as an MC, you know, as a result of his uh, eclectic tastes in music and wanting to try a little bit of this and that, you know, trying to find his style because, you know, he grew up apparently, you know, being friends with the weird alternative kids and riding skateboards and playing video games and listening to Linkin Park and all that shit. It was really fun getting to talk to him about all that stuff, and you know, we're also going to get into the dissection of the creative process, and the struggles of trying to keep things fresh in a music culture, where trends expire on almost a weekly basis, it's going to, a little, it gets a little intense for a couple minutes, you know, we also discuss the, uh, discuss and dissect, I should say, like the social issues and cultural backgrounds of hip-hop throughout the years, you know, like, white rappers talk about that for a little bit because I figured why not (laughs) and uh yeah you know um I made this analogy actually during the conversation that I want to bring up now because I've been thinking about it ever since I listened through and I thought it was really cool um it was uh, a comparing listening to different styles of music that you're generally unfamiliar with to traveling and how you know, even if you don't like a particular place that much or a particular style of music, it's still really cool to see what's out there in the world and get familiar with what's around you and just what exists. And I really like that analogy for some reason. I don't know why. I thought that was really cool. So just in case you don't listen to the whole conversation or you miss it, I wanted to bring that up because I like that shit. So... Before we get into the conversation, um, just want to mention a couple things that Bars had requested me to announce. Um, I actually talked about this on episode 41 with Lazy JP, 
who is basically like Bars and Lazy JP are like they hand in hand. It's salt and pepper. You know, they're a team. And, you know, we talked about an EP that they just recently did together. And there's um, a link to the project in the links down below. And there's also a link to a show. It's at the Brackenridge American Legion. It's on Saturday. And there's, you know, a bunch of rappers and shit. Go check it out. It should be pretty cool. And he also wanted me to mention that the sponsors for the show are going to be What If Studios, um, People of Pittsburgh Going Hard, POPGH.com, if you're unfamiliar with that, Faded Industries, and uh, Subterranean Aliens. So, yeah, check all that stuff out. The links are down there. I don't know why I'm putting so much emphasis on the links this week, but yeah, just fucking check them out. This could possibly be the longest intro I've ever done. So, I think we just need to get on with it now. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking... Oh man, I can see the microphones clipping. Hold up, let me, let me stand back here real quick. Sit back, relax... And let's start the motherfucking beat! By now, at this point in the episode, everyone should know that you're a rapper. Mm -hmm. So, when did you start rapping? You start rapping now? Yeah. When did you start rapping? Oh, when did I start rapping? Hip um, I started writing rhymes in like ninth or 10th grade. I would just not go to fucking gym class and wouldn't participate and just go ahead and I would sit on the side and just, and just write rhymes and Lord. they were fucking poop shoot. Well, I mean, what do you got to do? Were you trying to be like, uh, what were you listening to at the time? Then was like weird because it was like a weird transition period. Like I was going from listening to like, like Lincoln Park, Lip Biscuit, System of a Dow. Oh, really? Like okay. all the, like, so you're into like rock and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all, and then I started transitioning in because then that's whenever like Kanye really started to come into his own. And that was probably around the second album, maybe the third one for him. And then Lupe Fiasco was coming in. Yeah. And then 10th grade, I also started going to Forbes Road for Botech. And that's whenever I started getting introduced to, like, Wu-Tang Clan, Super Heavy, and Nas Super Heavy. And okay. all kinds of, and all that more, like, old school stuff. And that's whenever I was really like, wow, <laughs> this is, there's so much more to this than just, like, busting caps and fucking bitches. Like, there's sure. so much more. So then that's whenever I really started, like, listening listening and paying attention to like how, what dudes are saying and the way that they're saying it and then that's whenever i was like okay so and then i started writing again slowly and then eventually just got here when you first started writing were you trying to do like some like hood shit or like some more conscious shit or were you just like fucking around being goofy like braggadocious it was like shit. It was like a weird mixture of all of it. Sure. Because figuring I, out what works. Because I was because like I wasn't quite able to fit right in with anybody in particular. Sure. So and I had a, like a really eclectic taste in music. So then I was just kind of trying to do a little bit of everything, trying to figure out like what is it that I really want to sound like. Mm -hmm. And then over through like trial and error and like finding dudes that I actually that I listened to as a fan whose music I really enjoyed, then it eventually turned into me just going, okay, so he does this kind of like this way, he does this this way, and taking all these pieces, and then taking all these pieces and putting them together, and then mixing it all in together with like my own experiences, what I like to do, yeah. all that sort of thing, and then turning it into like its own thing. And that's how, and that's how Bars Blackman got here. Word. Growing up listening to like... System of a Down and Linkin Park and shit exactly. like that, all that like early two thousands popular hard rock exactly type of stuff. Where did that come from? Were your parents into music at all, or my mom as my mom has played piano from the time she was like like young. Like my okay, mom, like, she still play. My mom is like I think my mom is 
Sorry, Mom. My mom's 46. Okay. <laughs> so, my mom's been playing piano since she was a kid. So, she's been playing piano for at least, like, 25, She still plus. plays. Yeah, she still plays. Or, she actually is the church pianist at um, our family church. Cool. My granddad's the My granddad's the preacher. My grandma's first lady. She's the pianist. Okay. So, she still plays. And my dad, whenever he was, I guess, I just, I recently just started really talking to my dad for real, for real, so... I guess whenever he was in, like, in college, like, high school, college type thing, he used to, like, sing and do all that sort of stuff, Okay, too. so loose musical background. Yeah. But, um, I'm just curious as to, like, how you fell into the, like, alternative music growing up. It was my friends, really. Like, okay, the friends so you're I hung just out hanging with, out with weirdos. I hung out with, like, <laughs> exactly. I hung out with, like, the weird white kids that, like, sure. rode, bi- that, like rode bikes and skateboarded and uh-huh. all those kids. And, like, watched anime and would go in and, like, play, like, all these obscure <laughs> fucking Japanese PlayStation games. And sure. Stuff. And so I ended up hanging out with all those kids, and all those kids listened to, like, like Limp Bizkit and all that shit. Yeah. And so then, whenever I could finally go and actually buy CDs, I think the first CDs, the first two CDs I ever bought were Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Good and choice. And this one is actually extremely embarrassing, but okay. I tell people this anyways. Um, Youngstown, Youngstown, because they made this, their first album, because they made the song whenever they made the Inspector Gadget movie here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And they made the theme song for it, and I loved that song. Okay. So I bought that CD pretty much strictly <laughs> for that one fucking song. You remember the days when, like, you had to buy, like, a whole CD? Yeah, to, like, man. To, get a jam that you like? Yeah, because there wasn't none of this whole, oh, there's the single, and then it's on YouTube. Let's just rip it off YouTube. Uh-huh. You, know, you had to go and get the CD, find the song, and then if you wanted it that bad, well, at, around then, that's whenever, like, Windows Media Player first started coming out, <laughs> and everybody was like, yeah! Yeah. I can put my music on my computer! Sure. So then that's whenever, then that was the only way that you could really get, like, individual songs. That's Did, a, do you, anything about you, like, miss that experience of, like, having to go to the CD store and find the CD that you wanted? Kind of. Or are you happy now that you can just, like, look it up on your fucking phone? I'm one of those people that I actually enjoy going to, like, the CD shop. Like, yeah. I enjoy, like, going and, if there's a CD that I've been looking for, like, go into, like, FYE or The Exchange or something and digging through all of the boxes and racks of CDs and then finally finding that one and ripping the package off. And I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you fucking accomplished something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the, um... Now... You've been, okay, so this was around, I'm guessing you're saying, like, second or third Kanye album, Lupe, yeah. this is like 2006, 2007, yeah. around that time. Mm-hmm. So you've been rapping now for around, like, seven, eight years, I'm guessing. Well, I've been writing or, for, like, seven or eight years, and okay. then I started rapping. Yeah, when did, like, performing and stuff like that come Performing into play? and stuff? Performing or recording, at least, because I'm assuming you recorded before you started performing. Recording came into play in, like, probably been recording for... Like five years, okay. Like five or six years, yeah. Because I went, I would go and recorded. Like I have like actually an entire album done that I did at my buddy Justin's house. Shout out DJ D Rose, by the way. (laughs) He um so, and this was like your first album, yeah. Okay, but eventually, and I was working on that, and then eventually one day I was listening to it, and I was like, I hate this, and then I just then I just took it, threw it in the archive, and never touched it ever again. Then that's whenever I started actually like seriously trying to put together a project like really trying like okay. thinking about like the instrumentals and thinking about the lyrics and really trying to put together like a cohesive thought via an album yeah that makes sense i think it's you know the first time you're putting music out there you're just kind of excited to do something and exactly. you not you have to like take some time away from it and you go back and listen to it and you're like oh shit I don't know. exactly it was like oh it's, i'm so you're, cool you're I not gonna figure yeah i mean you gotta figure it out you gotta brush the the dust off or that's not even dust at that point you're just getting your feet wet i guess and i'm even and even now like i'm still trying to figure it out oh there's still so much to learn so like every time i there are even times now where i listen to a cd or listen to a song or see somebody perform or something and i just go wow that's really cool i wonder how they did this or how they managed to like take a rhyme and take a word and be able to split it up be able to add like the double and triple entendres while still kind of remaining within the punchline and everything yeah i always constantly learning something new and trying to figure out how this other person did it well that's why you keep doing it you know you don't want to like plateau and then like you're like i'm as good as i'm gonna get and it kind of stops being fun exactly unless you're making like a ton of money then i guess it's fun because you're just making money (laughs) but you know uh i think that for like the artist 
to keep wanting to grow and expand bigger and bigger. That's I think that's the true like artist. Yeah, that's because a, that's what it's all about. Like I've been my whole thing has always been trying to trying to preserve what the forefathers of the art did to in order to whenever it was first like being whenever hip hop was first being like created like in the like late eighties and then in the nineties, and then still trying to find ways to like move it forward. Yeah, see. because there's so many, especially like like the example I use now is like modern day battle rap. Like modern day battle rap is just dudes like writing verses and like making fun of each other. But there's so many things that these dudes do from like a technical perspective of rhyming that is just like ridiculous. Like daylight, I love listening to daylight because he always like blows my mind every time I watch him. Sure, I'm not huge in the battle rap scene. I don't know anything about it, mm -hmm. so unfortunately, I can't hold a good conversation about that. I got you. It's but okay. uh, the uh, thing that sparked a little trigger in my mind was when you were saying, like, you know, the forefathers of hip hop and like preserving what they brought to the table and like continuing to push it forward. I feel like in hip hop, there's not enough people actually making pushes to go forward and really expand the sound. I can agree with I that. think there's, to an extent, there's some ways as far as like the lyrical topics that I think there's a more open range of things that people are willing to talk about now. Mm -hmm. But from like a musical standpoint, like what hip hop is to me and what I've seen, mm -hmm. I think people are really still stuck inside this bubble and they're not really willing to open up to new ideas musically within hip hop. Lyrically, it's blown wide open, but Musically, it seems so much like the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, no, I, I can completely agree with you because what a lot of folks do is folks are constantly trying to find, like, the formula as far as, like, a sound goes. Yeah. So whenever there's, like, a new sound musically that comes out as far as, like, production and everything goes, they'll sit there and go, okay, so this is what's cool. Then they try to go ahead and take that and emulate it or try to make it their own in a way but the thing is is you have a million other people that are still trying to find that exact same formula yeah from a mu on a musical perspective you know what i mean so there's a and the folks that get that really have taken the time to try to burst that bubble are the folks that are like are more like underground guys yeah who the average who the average person probably doesn't even know exists mm -hmm. like you could probably ask a regular like your average hip-hop fan on the street with their beats by dre on be like yo do you know who madlib is and they'd go who sure but madlib is like as far as like you being able to like actually make like production and the music aspect of it he's a fucking genius like he was doing things hit like him Dilla's a little bit more known than... Yeah, Dilla's way more known than him. But, like, him, Jay Dilla, even in the modern day, like, early Kanye. Like, yeah. they were doing things with beats that nobody was doing. Because they were just sitting there and they would listen to these records and be able to find a new way to flip the sample somehow. And it was always... And they always managed to push those boundaries. Sure. But then... Because... It's now becoming music that's more geared towards, like, the club... I feel like it's all about trying to find like what is that production that's gonna actually bang in speakers at the club that people are gonna love. You know what I mean? Yeah, in some extent, I guess that kind of goes back to my thing is like when hip hop started, it was really like a counterculture thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's pop now. It's mainstream. Exactly. It's everywhere, and I think that there aren't enough people that really are willing to hold on to the counterculture mm -hmm. roots of hip hop. I mean, there are. But you, again, you're not. People aren't going to know who they are. Exactly. But it's really weird because even within the underground communities, to me, they're still like it's so clicky. Like if you're doing something in hip hop or putting a label on what you're doing is hip hop, and mm -hmm. it might not necessarily be what the counterculture considers hip hop, they're yeah. still like, well, that's fucking whack. Yeah. Like it's stupid. It's not hip hop. It's like, well, I'm trying to do something here that's a little different, and it can be really hard to get acceptance from anyone if you still don't fit a mold of yeah. what they're thinking that hip-hop should be and i think that there's a lot of room to grow and people are well there's a there's a huge room to grow because hip-hop really if you look at where it all comes from it's like you said it's a counterculture it was kind of like everything that was going on like the opposite of everything that was going on there but thusly it has like influences from all of that stuff yeah it has influences from jazz blues rock even even pop music at the time 
Like there's influences from all that stuff that go into it. Sure. And folks can go, okay, this is what I don't want to do. But at the same time, you have to be able to you have to be able to recognize that in order to be to know where you want to take it. You have to know where it's come from and what it's been about in order to for you to know like where you can take it. And for me personally, no matter who you are, like no matter what your style is, as long as you kind of remain core culture to the, remain faithful to the core culturally mm-hmm. of what the music is, then you can go ahead and do whatever you want to do. As long as you're just trying, as long as you're like, I'm doing this because I love to do it. This is an art form yeah, to me. Yeah, if you're genuine about yeah, it. Yeah, if you're genuine about it and you recognize the history of the art form, then as far as I'm concerned, have at it. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, it's it's weird for me because I'm constantly trying to do different shit and mm-hmm. I produce all my own stuff. And it's always been a weird battle for me at times mm-hmm. trying to get people in like the hip hop community to embrace what I'm doing. And I understand it because like some of the stuff I do is a little weird. Sometimes it gets a little bit too out there. <laughs> I'll even admit it. But it's like I don't even really feel comfortable putting like a hip hop tag on a lot of the music that I do because of those reasons because I know where hip-hop comes from and I know what I'm doing and where I come from personally because I come from a rock background I Mm -hmm. just kind of fell into making hip-hop through making weird electronic music and I liked groovy like hip-hop beats I didn't Mm want to do like stuff I like yeah you know like some fucking rhythm and um but still it'd be really ignorant of me to not say that like what I'm doing is very hip hop influenced. So then yeah. when you're, what kind of music do you do? It's like, well, I guess it's hip hop at its core, but there's all yeah, this there's other so shit much. around it. Well, that's where like the, um, that's where like the, the alternative tag kind of came from. I feel like, because then you had guys that were like, you had your like, um, there's even so many different types of like alternative hip hop. Oh yeah. There's like, cause it gets like the rabbit hole of hip hop gets deep. Yeah, because especially like now, now that it's really had time for like a whole. Now that we have like a whole generation of folks because of the internet who have been able to explore all of it. Like the internet is like the internet is like a blessing and a curse for hip hop music, in my opinion. In it's music a, in general, yeah, yeah. In music in general, it's a blessing and a curse because it's given like folks that are like in like our current generation the ability to be able to go and truly find all of this old music from any genre that has been, I don't want to say lost to time, but it's kind of gotten, but it's kind of like in the attic. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Like this type of stuff that's like in your dad's attic that you're finally able to like go and find and be able to listen to. And it's like readily available because of like Spotify and yeah. iTunes and whatever, whatever. So because, and because of the internet, hip now we have people that are able to listen to all of this obscure hip hop stuff. Sure. You, you can find a Jay Z album as easy as you can find a Doom album. Yeah. You can find a Doom album as easy as you can find like Hieroglyphs or Farside or Nas or Kanye or fucking Atmosphere. All the and you can find like all this crazy stuff and be able to go, wow, these dudes really took it. Like there are guys that took this music everywhere. Yeah. And had like they're like heavy, heavy influences from all kinds of music that other people have brought into it like how you said that you come from a rock background you took that and i've seen you know i've seen you perform a million half fucking times now. <laughs> sure, yeah. you take that like you bring like that raw like that rawness like a certain rawness like energy into like performances and into music that doesn't really happen isn't like atypical of a normal hip-hop song which is cool because sure. you need because for as much as like like flows and like flow and content and everything matters you still need like that energy and that rawness and that rawness and that energy is something that a lot of people think they have but they don't sometimes yeah yeah but you have but you really like have that and embody it a lot which is something that which is something that i personally like look to look up to that's really fucking cool to you have it too honestly i got it from you <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, ser- I, I remember the first time I saw you, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You were just like, thank you. Getting it. Seriously. I think I've seen enough going back to that, like genuine thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough people perform where you could tell, like, if somebody's like just doing this for some bullshit reason, or if they're doing this because it's like, I'm fucking having a blast. And every mm-hmm. time I see you perform, it's just like, I'm having fun. Well, that's what- eat my dick if you don't like it. <laughs> that's what it's always been. <laughs> you know? Well, basically that's what it's always been because like, I've even... 
like whenever I've gone through whenever I've had like times in my life whenever I've just been kind of like by myself like floating in the wind like I've always had like my jams like I've always had like my all of my dusty ass hip hop albums that I had on my iTunes and everything yeah and I always had like my stuff that it was always it was just always there like no matter what no matter through anything and so I feel and the more it was there for me and I was able to listen to it I became more and more of a fan to the point where it became less of oh what's this new album coming out and I want to learn the history turn into like watching documentaries about shit that was going on in fucking the 70s and in the 80s that influenced it and for and made it and then watching it grow yeah it turned into being able to look at look at artists and being able to listen with a certain ear i can just sit there and pick apart like what's going on and everything and so from an artistic standpoint it went from just rapping to kind of rapping just to get how i feel out or whatever whatever into trying to contribute to the culture in the way that I best know how. Like, I can't dance with a fuck. So, <laughs> breakdancing is, break is out of the question. Sure. I thought about, like, tagging before, but I can't draw with a fuck. Yeah. So, that came, that was out of it. So that's actually so how then, I got into hip-hop. See? There you go, then. It was from that shit. Yeah. And so then, it's kind of turned into, like, DJing and producing and rapping. And I'm actually working on trying, kind of, like, learning how to produce my own stuff a little bit. Cool. It's crucial. And rapping is... Just, but I just really love, I just love rapping. I love the way that words work and how you can bend words in all kinds of different ways yeah. and stuff. It's just always been super cool to me. Yeah, I was like, like I said, I, basically what happened to me was I was a weird alternative rock kid too, mm -hmm. you know, and, but I was just super into graffiti and the more graffiti friends that I met, most of them liked hip hop, obviously, mm -hmm. and they were like, you gotta check this out, check this out, and just started turning me on to a bunch of different stuff and at the mm -hmm. same time I was making electronic music and I was like had this epiphany actually back to Kanye West hearing the college dropout yeah in the samples and the beats and like realizing hip hop is electronic music it's all made the same it's like I have beat machines and keyboards in my bedroom I could be doing stuff like exactly. this like this is this was what I wanted to do because I was just doing like weird techno-y sounding stuff but mm -hmm. I wanted to switch it up so started making beats and me and my friends started doing like goofy raps just about like big fat titties and bullshit <laughs> like that you know just like yeah i know exactly what you very mean. just like joke bullshit but then uh found out uh through my graffiti friends about aesop rock and then exactly and exploded that. aesop was actually <laughs> aesop was actually one of the first ones that i really got into my boy jim was like yo have you ever listened to aesop rock before this was in like 11th grade and i was like Oh man, I've never listened to Aesop Rock before. And then he was like, dude. And he handed me his headphones and was, was like, listen to this. And I was just like, yo. What the fuck is this? What right? did I just <laughs> listen to? My mind is just yeah. blown. Yeah. He's like, take, he just took my brain and ripped it apart and put it all back together again. Uh -huh. Like, it was just. And that was never, I really. That too was also probably the point whenever I was like, wow, this is really a lot more. That and Lupe. Whenever I heard. Um, like Food and Liquor? Was it? Food and Liquor. Food and Liquor. Actually, I hated Food and Liquor at first because of Kick Push. I fucking hated that song. At I first. love that song. That's how that I, beat is so dope. But that's how, I always, <laughs> that's how I know whenever I really, really like something. If I hate it at first and then I come, then I know, then I come back around and I love it, that's whenever I know, like, okay, this dude is really going to be about it. And that's whenever I really, like, dive in. Uh -huh. And I started with, like, Food and Liquor. And then it went into going and finding out, like, he had all these, like, I think there's three of them. Like, three mixtapes when he was in, like, high school. And it was like, Fahrenheit, yeah, Fahrenheit 115, 1, 2, and 3. I never listened to that stuff. Yeah, find them. If you can, find them and listen to them. And he, um, so I listened to those. And there was just something about the way that he was really, like, bending the words and the punchlines and everything. And it was just, like, so, like, crazy and abstract. And it was like, he was, unless you sat down and you listened to it, and you, like, processed it in your brain what he was trying to say, you weren't going to get it. Yeah, but it wasn't as, like, abstract as, say, Aesop Rock. Oh, no. That's, like, a whole nother... Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, a whole nother echelon I think, like, Lupe was really good at balancing, like, the way that he wrote to making it sound like it was intelligent, but you could, like, hear it and get an idea of what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah. You know, sure. you just might not... You might miss a couple things, but Aesop Rock is 
Aesop Rock is a learning experience. Every time. Yeah. You it's can, like a every time yeah, every time you listen to it you can pick out something new. Yeah, you can listen to an Aesop Rock album a hundred times and you would and every one of those one hundred times you would find something new that you missed. <laughs> yeah. Or it would be a line that you thought you understood, you would listen to it again, because you would hear like the line after it real clear and you'd be like so this is what that meant. Oh, yeah. Like that sort of thing. There times in my life where I'm not listening to Aesop Rock, but something I come across something just outside in the world, and then I'm like, what is this from? I know this from somewhere. And I'll be like, oh, fuck, that's Aesop Rock talked about that in some song. Exactly. Whoa. Just... Yeah. Just cool. craziness. It's awesome. I love that shit. That's where, the reason why um, I love it. Okay, so now what about performing? We talked about when you started recording. When did you start performing? What were some of your first shows like? Five years ago. So whenever I started, whenever I linked up with JP. Okay. That's whenever I really started. Whenever I linked up with JP, that's whenever we really started, like, whenever I really started taking music more, like, seriously. And our first show was actually at If's house, because he used to throw, like, once a month, once every two months, he used to throw, like, a big fucking banger. And it would just be, you come through... You can if you're gonna perform, you can perform, and it was literally just like smacking his house. He would take his equipment, it was which was then upstairs in the spare room that he had in his house. He would bring it down into the living room. He would set up a table, be he'd be DJing all night long. He had a mic set up. Folks would go to rap, just grab the mic, they play their three tracks, and then that would be that. Yeah. Me and JP performed probably. Two or three of those show, two or three of those, and then he stopped doing them because they like his neighbors would bitch, call the cops, yeah, turn into a whole typical fiasco. shit, sure. And then we started doing the show shows down here actually, and it would just be you know like regular old pay to play show. Here's a hundred, give us a hundred bucks. Here's ten tickets. Sell these tickets, you make your money back. You need more, you come back. Yeah, repeat the process, and that was whenever. And that wasn't really the avenue for us. And we did it at first in order to get ourselves out there, let ourselves be known and to display. Like, like, like little like hip-hop showcases or like mixed bag showcases? Like hip-hop showcases. Okay. Yeah. Like we performed down at like, like level, performed at levels. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Levels shows are probably some of our first, yeah, levels was our first shows. Yeah. And... We, and it's not that we didn't enjoy it, but we realized, like, these aren't really the folks that are listening to the type of shit that we listen to. So, it's not that they wouldn't like what we're doing, they just might not necessarily, like, appreciate it the whole way. Yeah. So then, after that, we kind of, then we kind of fell back off doing shows for a little bit. He dropped his first album. We did a cycle for that. And then, I worked on mine. And the process of working on mine was, like ages sure because i want to because i'm one of the i'm the type of person i want to whenever i'm making like a solo project i want to really like take my time and like work on it and if i'm not feeling it i won't write anything down yeah what's the rush exactly i'm not gonna you're not under contract or anything exactly i'm not gonna write and on top of that i don't want to write anything mediocre like i don't want to try to be like oh i need to hurry up and get this done and then just end up writing like three songs that have like mediocre verses sure songs might be good but they won't be like great like i want to make songs that every time you listen to it every song on my on my shit i want you to listen to it and you just be like yeah okay that's where i'm at now like i'm finishing up recording my new album now and Mm -hmm. i mean it's only 10 tracks but it's i'd rather have 10 songs that i'm like word than 10 that i'm like word with five like meh Mixed in. Exactly. And they just fucking have it just go back to back to back to back. Exactly. I want folks to be able to, like... I want to have that same replay value that some of my favorite albums have. Uh Like, I I want someone to listen to my album the same way that I listen to, like, Illmatic or Enter the Wu-Tang or Food and Liquor or Operation Doomsday or Mad Villainy or None Shall Pass. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want folks... I want to make that same caliber of music. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really concerned about trying to stay ahead of the curve locally. I'm trying to stay ahead of the curve on, like, a much larger perspective. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's that hard to stay ahead of the curve locally. Nothing against, like, there's a lot of talent here, but it's just, like, I think as far as, like, it's just 
from my perspective, what I'm doing, nobody else is fucking doing what I'm doing, so it doesn't really. Oh no, happen. nobody else is. Doing <laughs> and it, it, it's nobody. like it's a it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's cool because it's like yeah, this is totally unique, and then it's a curse because it's like where the fuck do I market this? Well, because that's it, and that's exactly what the whole. That's the kind of the same thing that we were going through for a long time because we're kind of me and JP are kind of like in a balance, on a like a weird limbo type place where it's like we're not quite like obscure enough for like the like the super underground rap fans that like listen to like the obscure dusty shit. Yeah. But we're not quite cool enough and like mainstream sounding enough for like the other side of the spectrum. We're yeah. like in this weird place where it's like Oh yeah, you follow- how do we get this out there the right way so that we can kind of attract so we can have our own lane and have people grab it. No, it's funny. It's this it's like even though all like like my music, your music, and we could say like a muck, like all of our stuff sounds different, but we're all stuck in that same pocket. Exactly. It's, it's just that, so <laughs> That's why we always end up playing just together. It's like the, like it's, the we- it's like the nether realm. It's yeah. like the musical nether realm. Because you can't you need it's like you're trying to just find a way to like reach out and be like Oh, here's like that's exactly where I want to go, and then grab yeah. onto it and pull yourself out of it, so that you can know exactly where it is that you're gonna put your shit at, so it gets like listened to, not just listened to, but appreciated. Yeah, it's hard because too, I also don't want to like compromise my integrity at all. Like, I don't want to like, oh well, maybe I could like make it a little more dusty to try to for like the for the hardcore hip hop heads to like it, or maybe I could focus more on like melodies and shorten it up and tighten it up and make a more pop structure for that exactly. crowd. And it's like, I'll look at myself. I'm like, I'm not going to really fit in anyways. Like, exactly. Cause like when either it's no matter what image always plays like a huge role in mm-hmm. it too. And it's like, it sucks, but it's like, I still have a problem. Honestly, people want to say, or not just like being a white guy going to some rap shows. And it's oh, like, no, it's the tr- no, what that's the fuck the, is this? No, that's and the it's like, truth. It's stupid. I don't know why people still have... Fucking white people have been rapping almost since rap was a thing. White pe- it's not like white people and rap's a new thing. Well, I you think... Know what I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but you got, like... People will be like, oh, well, you got, like, Beastie Boys. Yeah. Fred Durst. And that's, like, that's what I get. It's like, really? That's all? Fred Durst is the man. At least nobody throws, like, vanilla ice at me. They give me at least that much respect. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah, but that, if you got hit them with the vanilla ice, yeah. that would be one of those things where, that would be one of those things where you could, I, in my mind, I would be able to justify you just looking at somebody being like, what? Bam! And just giving them, just giving them a whole But I mean, like, face. yeah, I, I understand where hip-hop culture comes from, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that it is at times, though, really ignorant to act like white people and hip-hop is still a, is a taboo thing. They've been rapping for 30-plus years. Well, I think the thing is now, when it comes to, like, like that whole thing, actually, I've been kind of I've been low-key working on, like, a like an essay about that, too. And, um, the thing about it is you have, this is the music that has, li- that literally came out of, like, out of the black experience yeah. in, like, this late 70s and the 80s, more so than, more so than the 90s. And the 90s will never really came in came into its own on like a mainstream level. Sure. But it really came from like the black, the black experience in the 70s and the 80s whenever you had kids, whenever you have like these kids' parents who whose dads were like fought in Vietnam, came back, were all strung out on drugs and everything, couldn't get jobs. They were like poor kids who wanted to make music and loved music, but still had to do things to get by, which i.e. like, which is why you have some folks that didn't really get like music lessons for real for real like they didn't have enough money to like go ahead and get that guitar and then pay for the music lessons and everything oh yeah which is whenever you have the whole idea of getting the mpc and getting all getting your vinyls chopping up the samples making your own beats rapping boom comes out of that and i think the thing is now because this seems to be an issue that all of a sudden nowadays has really come back up to a head and has become like a problem for fans and I think the reason why is because you have white MCs that are coming up now whom their knowledge of the culture is either A, in the minds of some unproven due to the music that they make, or B, they're just not making music. 
that's up to a certain caliber in the minds of some folks, which I can understand, but you can't isolate little Billy from down the street for not make for making kind of meh rap records just because he's white, but you have but you have fucking the black kid Jeff down on the other side of the street who's making music that's pretty much sound, that's pretty much on the exact same tier but everybody's on his nuts. You can't you have to kind of it has to be equal across the board because like you said Aesop Rock Eminem even in my opinion like Mac Miller, Asher Roth um Slug from Atmosphere. Like there's a whole quap of white MCs, even you guys, even like you and Amok and JP and folks, there's a lot of folks that are even from Pittsburgh. You have these people real deal. that have, exact real deal, exactly. Yeah, real deal is another great one. You have folks that make quality rap records that, that are really doing it and really show love to the culture and understand like what this is about that are getting snuffed because of your Iggy Azaleas and your Macklemores. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a shame that those couple that, you know, a couple bad apples ruin the whole, ruin the bushel. Yeah. But that's also a sort of a thing that's kind of gone on for years. Oh, sure. For, in other senses too, not even just musically. But I think that, I think that what it's really going to take is for kind of like the Eminem effect where you're going to have to have like that white MC that comes in and is like, I'm just going to be better at rapping than all of you. Because that was always, that's even something I told JP whenever we started off. I was like, we're not going to necessarily fit in because of the music that we make. What we have to do is just out-rap people. If you can out-rap people and out-create people and make something that is different, people will respect it. Sure. And if you like this, there's 10,000 other people at least that like this too. So then all you have to do is find those people, give it to them, they'll love it, and it'll spread like a pie. Sure. For That's me, it. it's, you know, uh, perform. even when I, when I first started performing, I, I mean, I used to have, like, lip piercings and shit. I was all, like, I looked way more alternative than I, and now I just look like, just like any other fucking, like, white urban kid that, like, mm-hmm. rides a skateboard, even though I don't skateboard. <laughs> I just, I just I like, look like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I fit in more, especially now there's a lot more people like that rapping, but in, like, 2007, 2008, you know, I have, like, skinny jeans, lip piercings, I get on stage, and I can, like, you could see it. People are like, what really? the fuck is exactly. this? Like, oh, here but, we go. I was, I would just fucking bring it. And then afterwards, people were always really cool to me. And that's what it's, and I think that was always the thing. Because it's just like, um, it's one of those things where, even regardless of any genre of music that you make, there's always like, there's always the image oh, yeah. of what, of what a rapper is, or what a rocker is, or whatever, whatever. But if you're bringing it, and you're making quality music, people will love it regardless. Yeah. It's all about... But it's, and then once you finally get out there, it's all about just making sure that you get, get it to the right people. And then if you build, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> you need to, well, I think you need to build it. Then you have to tell people about it. Cause there's a lot of people building. Yeah. Then out. spread the flyer. Then walk around with your flyer out and be like, Hey, check this out. Yeah. And it's really hard. You need to, I find like I've been a lot more proactive about talking to people in person mm-hmm. like whenever i go out i'm at shows people ask me like what do i do it's like i do this thing check it out i don't try to like not choking them or anything but it, that that's something you that can't I like tell people about stuff online anymore i mean you can but it's just there's too much shit well shit gets lost in the sauce of people's facebook feed yeah like that's and in their twitter timelines and on instagram and everything. like there's shit like you can put shit on there but Sometimes it just gets lost in the sauce of everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Whenever you post that one link on your Facebook, there's a million other people oh, yeah. posting a link or a status at the exact same time you are. So then, then where you think it should be, or for you, it's like, oh, this is smack on top. This should be smack on top of somebody else's. It's actually like, oh, yeah, yeah. Way down here. Yeah. And, then so, you have people... and that's something I even worked on is just like talking to people. Like, in general, like, not even necessarily just at shows, but if someone's, like, like at a job or anywhere, and they're like, oh, so what do you do? It's like, oh, you know, I make music, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, let me hear some. Pull out the headphones and just give it to them and let them rock. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have a hard time, like, whenever you tell people, like, yeah, I make rap, and they're like, give you that look, or are you, for- do you just, you just kind of like, fuck you, I rap, check it out. Only, I only really get or, looks from, like, oh, God. Sorry, or when people are like, oh, you rap, spit something. Spit something. I just do. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 mean, I could too. do it, too, but it's always, I'm always, like, <laughs> caught off guard. I have, like, three or four beers in me. We're sitting at a party. I'm all kind of, like, not... Not ready well, for it. Whenever I'm in, like, I guess you gotta be ready for it. Whenever I'm in like fan mode, whenever I'm in just like Joel mode, I'm just like chilling. I'll be like, yeah, I make music. Like, check it out sometime. Here's the link. You know what I mean? Like, check it out whenever you get a chance. But whenever, and then if they hit me with that, I'll just be like, I mean, I really will if you want me to, but I'm not really feeling like rapping today. But fuck it, and I'll just end up rapping. But the only time I ever really get looks is from like, like middle, like weird middle-aged white people that okay. listen to like that listen to like old fucking like old fucking classic rock tracks and like country yeah but like, other than that like other than that i've actually found a lot of people are really like oh yeah that's pretty cool man where can i listen to your stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i can get some of these people those fucking people come to a fucking show sometime it's yeah that's <laughs> It's hard to get people to go to local shows. It, it's, you know, Aesop Rock will come through and the place will be packed. And then a local... It's like, where the fuck are you people at? It's another thing that I struggle with is a lot of the people that like that, like, alternative music, like, alternative hip-hop or alternative rock or metal, anything like that, subcultured music, mm-hmm. they're so jaded in some way and they don't want to... They don't think anything's good. Exactly. So they don't take the time to go out to a local show because I mean, maybe a lot of it isn't good. I don't know. I don't want to be that guy <laughs> to say that and be like, "Well, I'm the guy that's worth seeing," but it still kind of sucks. It's like, why not come out? And it's like, oh well, let me think about it. You know, we're in our you know mid twenties, late twenties. Some people, some people even older. Mm-hmm. We got jobs. Some people have families and shit like that. The are you really gonna Are you really gonna come see me on a Thursday night down on the south side? I don't know. That's something where, like, like I've been really trying to change my approach to doing shows. Because I've been, like, I was thinking about this the other day. Me and, J, me and JP have just been, like, plotting and scheming and talking about shit for, like, months now. And one thing I've thought about doing is doing exactly like I said, like, whenever we first started rapping, like, house party type shit. Sure. Have, like, throw something where it's, like, out the way, somewhere that it's, like, somewhere that's out of the way so you won't get bothered by people necessarily. But somewhere that's close enough and local enough that you can get people to come out. Because then you can do stuff like that where you can get people to come out. It can be like a laid back environment where folks are just chilling, having a good time, doing their thing, whatever, whatever. Then it's like, oh yeah, hey, come to this house party. By the way, we just so ha- and we just so happen to be having Sykes, Boris Blackman, Lazy JP, and whoever else rapping at the performing at the same time. Yeah, just you know what I mean. It turns one of those things where it's like yeah, they come it for the party, but they stay for the music. Yeah, you advertise it as a party, not a show. Exactly, because whenever folks hear that it's a show, then they hear then come like the the stigmas that come with the show, and they're like, oh, well, I don't really want to go to a show and have to deal with a bunch of drunk people, and bah, 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 bah. And sure. it's just like, I mean, it's like, okay, I can feel that. You know what I mean? And especially, like, if you have to come, like, down here for a show, like, south side on, like, a Friday, Saturday night, it's like, for a lot, for some folks. So I can understand that, because I know sometimes I do the same thing whenever I'm about to go to a show, and I'm like, I really don't want to have to go and deal with south side traffic, find somewhere to park, and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, you know, you just go and have a good time. Like, why not? You would spend that same time, the same amount of time that you would spend going to your local bar and just, like, seeing the same people and do the exact same thing. You can go and listen to some tunes for a couple hours. Yeah. Like, why not? You know what I mean? It can't, it can't harm and you don't got to do it all the time like once a month you catch a local show your buddy's like hey man i have a show down at the rex theater at the smiling moose or something come through it's like okay yeah why not sure so i think it's yeah i think it's easier for us to think that because we're we're still passionate about music yeah on a level enough to still be trying to make our own music and put it out there some people just i mean they don't give a shit they have no reason to yeah well i mean and whenever you have like local cats like you might go to a local show and you might not have had a good time at that local show you didn't enjoy the music and then all of a sudden that 
same thing like a first impression like a first impression type thing that first impression sticks in your brain and you're like i don't necessarily want to sit through two or three acts of guys i've never heard of that are local guys that might be meh just to listen to this one person but you but i know like me i would do it if there was somebody that i liked that was an established artist like yeah. you could have if lube fiasco came to town lube fiasco is my favorite rapper of all time by the way okay he could come with like 15 local dudes who are god awful like this sound like nails well, on the chalk I would just deal. <laughs> I would find a way to deal. I would go to the bar and I, would, and I would drink and I would drown it out until he got on stage. Then I would drunkenly stumble to the front of the stage and I would probably cry. Uh, like, You're <laughs> the best! Oh my god! <laughs> Did you listen to his new album? Yes. Is it good? I haven't listened to it. It's yet. awesome. It's okay. dense. It's very, very dense. It's gonna be. He has like. There's like three or four songs on there that are like eight minutes long. Like the first song on the album is like eight and a half minutes long. Damn. And it's literally just him just rapping. It's him like just no like going. Hook. Just no like hook, just no nothing. Just going. beat and him just like boom, just bars the whole way. And you're just sitting there <laughs> and you're just sitting there and by the end of it you're just like, what the fuck just happened here? Because he just said, and like even the whole way through the album, like he's really saying like some shit the whole way through the album. And it's one of those things where, like, you listen to it the first time, and then you have to, you're like, okay, cool. And you'll love it, and then you have to go back and listen to it at least, like, one or two more times, where you actually just sit, where you have nothing to do, with your headphones on, and you just listen to what he's saying. And you're just like, what the <laughs> it's, a, it's beautiful. But, it, no, but in all seriousness, like, it's a good sign for, I think it's a good sign for the year, for this year in hip-hop. Because we're not, because we're starting off the year with, like, re- with that and Joey Badass's debut album, who's another guy that I heard ever, that was good. I haven't heard it. No. If you get a, whenever you get a chance to listen to it, it's really cool because we're just starting the year off with just bars. You know, it's funny. It's um, great. Going back to influences, I don't ex- I don't really seek out a lot of hip hop anymore mm-hmm. because I really want to kind of like I feel like I've built this sound that I have that's more unique and something I could call my own mm. based off of my background listening to a ton of music outside of hip-hop. Yeah. So I'm always afraid that if I get too much into hip-hop, it might seek into my music too much and I might lose my uniqueness by trying to emulate potentially other rappers. Like That was one thing whenever I first started listening to a lot of P.O.S., mm-hmm. I started writing a lot of stuff that sounded a little bit too much like P.O.S. and I was like, fuck. So it's not like I don't listen to hip hop, but I don't. I, it's very rare that I go out of my way to really dive deep into it now, like new hip hop. Oh no, I completely understand, and especially now, like I've even, my buddy Julius actually asked me. He asked me if I had listened to a couple of CDs that came out like last year, and I was like, I honestly don't even like really listen to new shit anymore, because like, well, for me, one for me, new shit is just like. There's not a lot of, like, good sure. quality new shit I'll, out there, in my opinion. I'll check stuff out, but as far as, like, oh, I want to, like, put something on and jam, mm-hmm. it's it's very, it's very very rarely, like, yeah, exactly. a new hip-hop album. Exactly. Like, there's like very to... few that I'll actually, like, take the time to sit down and, like, listen to, listen to. Like, yeah. give it a good thorough session. Yeah. I like to listen to things so I know what the fuck people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, Run the Jewels. Everybody fucking loves that stuff. Run the Jewels is fucking awesome yeah it's good it's <laughs> good it's awesome. it's a lot of fun but it's like i don't know if it, i think like at a party like in the car i could like just jam and listen to it but i don't think that i would like just sit down and really yeah want I, to. Mean. I mean I, nothing against it it's just if i want to sit down and listen to music chances are i'm gonna listen to something that's like i don't know i listen to a lot of just really intense like metal and things like that in my mm-hmm. free times it's like most of the time i'm making this weird hip-hop shit so I don't want to hear what I'm making all the time. It's like, well, that's kind of listen like, to the polar opposite of it. That's kind of like what I'm going through a lot lately. Like I've been going in and going back to like my whole, like, like hard rock, like new band. I was gonna thing. ask like, you I'm that like, if you were like still listening to anything like that. I actually recently I've been going back to it. I've been listening to a lot of. I like went through and listened to like my new job. I work like. 10 hour days in the morning so I just just listen to tunes all day I like go through and I'll just like think like oh I haven't listened to this System of a Down album in a while and I'll just go and go on Spotify and just just throw the phones on and just let it play yeah and then like I've been trying to I've also been listening to um 
my girlfriend listens to a lot of like WYAP. So I've been listening to like that indie too. rock and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So I've been listening to a lot of like in like a lot of that sort of stuff just to like change it up a little bit. And even like even with that stuff, like I always end up going back to listening to hip hop my hip hop albums. But I always but I listen to that stuff because it gives me a little bit of like perspective musically. Sure. And it's like it's a nice change up from just listening to like like sim like the same similar kind of production. Like because I, I like a lot of like boom I like a lot of like old school like boom bap stuff sure. so it's like a cool break from listening to break beats all day long to listen to like some like mellow fucking folk shit you sure. know what I mean something like that like it's, it's a nice change up it's cool to see what's out there it's like traveling and exactly. it's like seeing new places like mm-hmm. even if it's like I don't want to spend all day in this dusty desert but it's kind of cool just to see it and know that it's a thing you know know that this folk music is a thing and it's you can hear the passion in it and there's people from all walks of life, you know, that have the same integrity and want to put something creative into the world. And it's cool. There's so many different ways to do it. And that's kind of where like, um, that's kind of where our new project that we just put out last week came from that rock lobster EP. Yeah. That's kind of where that came from because it was, it was JP's idea. And he hit me up one day and was like, yo dude, I've been listening to a lot of like Blur and Oasis and all these like Britpop bands and I was just like what the fuck are you doing listening to all this fucking weird ass shit <laughs> yeah for? sure like these dudes like some of these bands haven't been relevant since we were in like middle school like, sure or maybe even a little bit before well, I'm sure some of the rappers you listen to haven't been relevant since then as well yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then we started listening so then he was like dude we should just like he was like you should listen to some of these beats like these beats would be like perfect to rap on and I was like okay send me a couple and I was listening to him and I was like this actually is like pretty cool that I was like, and we decided to do the project. Then I started like sitting down and like listening to the songs and like listening to the way that they combine like the whole way through like the production of the song. Sure. From like lyrical content to the actual instrumentals and the way like the instrumentals build up and everything. And that's whenever it was like, wow, this actually is like a really cool kind of like slept on genre of music because we, we've all heard woohoo a couple hundred yeah. million times but it's like you listen to the other stuff and you're just like wow there's so much more than just woohoo <laughs> you know what i mean well, i mean you know fucking that dude ended up starting the gorillas so yeah um damien elborn or whatever his name is yeah i can't i yeah, yeah i can't remember exactly I if it's damon or damien so yeah i think like it's like damon elborn or something yeah yeah but, um, yeah, he went and started the Gorillas, and that's, like, a whole kind of... And even that, from the early stuff, from the early Britpop stuff, in my opinion, was, like, different from it. It was, like, more... It's kind of a little bit more, like... What's... How to describe it? I don't even know how to but, describe I mean, like, it. It was just, like, really... It was just... It was similar, but at the same time, you could hear, like, the influences coming from other places, too. Oh, sure. It's interesting, because, again, that's one dude who, you know, you might hear that Blur stuff when it was relevant Mm -hmm. and have no idea that he's into all this other different stuff. And then Gorillaz happens, and it's like, oh, wow, this is a guy that really loves all kinds of music, and you can't just... Just because you're putting out some rap thing doesn't mean that you don't like System of a Down and, or exactly. some folk stuff. And some people might be like, what the fuck? And it doesn't blow my mind at all because I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Did you find that writing, when you were writing, like, on top of, like, these Britpop songs and stuff like that, did it change, like, the type of stuff that you would write about? Like, where you get, like, a different feel from it? Because it's, like, maybe it's not as, like, grimy, so you're not thinking about some, like, real, like, gutter-type shit. It was one of those things where whenever it comes to that sort of thing, I always try to like bring my own twist to it, but it does affect, it did affect the writing because there are some of like the, like, um, we did one, a bittersweet symphony and I'm not really one that like, I'll write about like what's going on with me, but I'm usually very like, it's usually pretty like cryptic about it. Oh, like, sure. Usually like, usually like the whole song is like a metaphor for like how I feel about something at one at a given time or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. That really like that for whenever I was listening to it, like I listened to the origin, the actual song and like read the actual lyrics for a couple times. Then whenever I started writing to it, it just really pulled out like this like introspective like personal more like personal verse out of me. And I don't usually write stuff like that. <laughs> sure. Okay. So it really made me kind of. 
like it really kind of made me like that one made me be a little bit more personal we did death at the party by blur 2 and that one kind of made me do something that was a little bit like a little bit like darker and a little bit like more dark than what i'd normally do and let's see what else and then connection by elastics by the elastics that was really like this really fucking raunchy verse about like fucking a chick and then her like <laughs> and then her robbing me and then moving on to the next chick and then she was being fucking crazy then me sneaking into her apartment to go to fucking kill her and then just end up fucking her and the cycle starts all over again like, <laughs> it just it just turned it brought out like this weird like this fun like almost angsty type of form of myself where it was just me it reminded me of just being like it really kind of reminded me of going back to like really starting to like rap again where it was just kind of like I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm just going to listen to it, whatever I feel. I'm just going to write it down. Yeah. And then that's just going to be that. And that's what I did with this one. And it turned out to be some, it turned out to be like the most unique and probably like the coolest thing musically that I've made, been cool. a part of. So. Cool. You're working on a new solo album now, right? I'm assuming you've probably been putting it together for a while. The solo out, well, right now. I saw now, you like post, posting things about like. This, this, I don't know what you're up to. The idea of the solo album has always been brewing in my mind for a while. Because it started with the name, Jansport. Okay. It started with the name because at the time whenever I came up with the name, I was really starting to like come into my own and kind of accepting like the kind of lane that I'm in, which is more like a backpack rap sort of lane, like a, like yeah. the Lupe's and Tribe Called Quest type of thing, where it's like more about like the skill behind it and putting that together like whole co cohesive pieces of music and albums more so than just like making singles, like trying to capture lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So that's where that came from. And then over time, just by like doing a lot of searching and trying to figure out like what hip hop is to me, like the history of it, it started forming into like, it started changing a lot. It's like, it's there. Like, I have a concept for it, but it's constantly ever evolving just in my day-to-day -day walk of life. Because, like, there was a couple times, like, at one point, one point I thought I wanted the fucking album to sound like some Fly Low type, like, Flying Lotus type shit. Oh, okay. Some weird, like, airy, trippy shit like that. And then it turned into, like, trying to go more back to the basics and doing, like, boom bap type shit then it was for a little bit it was like trying to make do like a more modern type of thing and bring like old school type lyricism like more modern beats and everything and then it just kind of it's like an ever co a constantly evolving thing but so that'll be i'm gonna actually start working on that one in like a month or two but right now we're finishing the the Spitz Creek project, which is me, JP, Corio, and DJ Afterthought. We're finishing that up because we have like six songs done for it. So now we're just going to try to finish like two or three more songs, mix it, master it, throw it out there. Just yeah. get that out of the way. And then it's all going to be solo from that point forward. Cool. Do you think you're going to do like some self-production for that? Or are you just going to like pull from whatever resources that you can? Or I'm going to do, well, I've been reaching out to different folks and just being like, hey, I'm working on this. I like your beat style. Said me, like, I've been checking you out. I want to get something off you for the project. So I've been doing a lot of that. But at the same time, now that I'm starting to like learn more, I want to do something where I want to use some of my own stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll just we'll just see. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just kind of riding the wave with it. And however it evolves, it evolves. But whenever it's done. And whenever it's done, and I finally feel, and I feel like it's done, I'll just be like, okay, here you go. And whenever it's, and whenever it sounds like at the end of that, that's just what yeah, it sounds you, like. it's like a, uh, it could be like a painting, and you could just keep working on it and working on it and working on it and making changes and never actually finish the painting. Exactly. It could be really hard to just like put a cap on something and be like, all right, this is it, and then get it out there, but. Well, You're and, and that's eventually what I try, what I was trying to do because I already, because I know that like if I spend too much time on it, then it'll take me like a year to do it, and I don't want to necessarily take like a whole year to do it. Like I want to make sure that I can like get it done. I want to get it done so I can be like, okay, here you go. Mm -hmm. Here's some new bars, Blackman shit. But at the same time, I don't want to rush it either. So 
I'm just kind of, I'm just riding the wave. If it ends up getting done, if I end up finding beats and writing to them and getting it all recorded in a month and it's done, then it's, then awesome. it's done. Yeah. But if I end up doing it and it takes like months or a year to get it done, then whatever. It takes that time. Yeah. And yeah. The, but in the meantime, that's why we started doing like the, like the rock lobsters and we want to make like a series out of those. So I'll be started doing like the rock lobsters and like the Spitz Creek album and stuff. Just yeah, to so you're, you're keeping keep, busy. It's not yeah, like you're material out putting there, content so, out. Yeah. Exactly. So material is out there. So it's not like I'm just going and I'm just going to go into the cave and never come out until my album's done. Yeah. So I can just be like, okay, well here's this while you're waiting for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got anything that you want to like plug or promote? Um, <laughs> shout out Hater Magnet Apparel Company. Shout out Lazy JP. DJ Afterthought. DJ Afterthought, who's on tour with Riff Raff right now as we speak. Just fucking crazy. It's just awesome to see somebody doing some shit like that. That's yeah. from here that you actually know. Um, shout out What If Studio. Shout out Subtrain Aliens, Lazy Black Man. Our whole set. Yeah. Overall omniscience. All that shit. Yeah, that's about it word well we're gonna wrap it up word and thank you for coming over and stuff and thank you for having me man it was a good time and that is all folks thanks so much for sticking around hope you enjoyed the conversation bars blackman good dude good mc good people you know i wish that dude nothing but the best of luck with everything in the future some of you might know he's actually uh, going to be a father really soon. Uh, he has a son on the way, which is awesome. Congratulations to him and his girl. And he has music on the way, so, you know, early congratulations to that. And, yeah, just he's an awesome dude. Wish him nothing but the best. It was glad I got to talk to him. Glad to know him. So, yeah, that's it. Be sure to come back again next week for another episode. And it'll be good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm Sykes. Start the beat. 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.